It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. At SLRC, they understand your dream to move. Moving up, moving on, moving your body, moving mountains. SLRC can help you find the focus to define your finish line. As a top 10 run shop in America, they use their 25 years of experience to provide custom shoe fit analysis and offer a premium assortment of footwear and workout essentials. Locally owned, locally operated. SLRC is movement inspired. Visit saltlakerunning.com to schedule your shoe fitting today. Host of Eden Season 2, Episode 7, Room for Two More. Last time on Host of Eden Season 2, the team tries to stop our suspect from stealing the sphere, but they fail. The only sphere expert is almost killed, but luckily, he is actually transferred into Johnny somehow. Why or how this happened? They still don't know. Back at Covenant Headquarters... They are all gathered around the kitchen table again, talking to Johnny. Well, let's have it, Mason says. Let us talk to the expert. It doesn't work that way, Johnny explains. I can't make him come out unless he wants to. He probably has no idea even where he is or what's going on. He may never come out. But when we were... I mean, when I was inside, Mason explains, I was desperate to get out. I did everything I could. Yeah, Johnny explains, but we don't know how long you were in there or what finally motivated you to come out. Mason looks at Marion. Make him come out. You know how to bring him out, right? I have no idea how to make this happen, Marion says. I never could get any of the personalities to come out on demand. Johnny asks, can we use the Genesis device? Maybe we can. Marion says, well, it's worth a try. She gets up and rushes downstairs to the Genesis device. When the rest of the group catches up with her downstairs, she's waving her hand over the Genesis device and is zoomed in on their home. Well, she says, there's definitely two of you in there, but I have no idea how to make him come out. Mason is frustrated. He says, we've already spent too much time on this. We have to figure out who is doing this and why. The group goes back upstairs to plan their next course of action. A little while later, we find our suspect inside an abandoned warehouse. He is surrounded by five people. They're tied to chairs and they're positioned in a circle around the sphere. There are three men and two women. All five are struggling to free themselves, and they all look very scared. In the middle of them, the suspect has placed the bell sphere on a small table. He is moving between the five prisoners and adjusting their position, moving them each just a little bit by their chairs. As he makes adjustments, the bell sphere seems to be responding. It begins to levitate above the table. 
the more the suspect adjusts their positions, the more the ball begins to levitate. Eventually, the suspect is satisfied with whatever type of calibration he is trying to achieve, and he moves to the center of the group, standing next to the ball. He removes the Ankh necklace from around his neck and moves it towards the top of the ball. As the Ankh gets closer and closer, it begins to hum and vibrate. The humming sound gets louder and louder. It is penetrating the minds of the prisoners in such a way that they begin to groan and struggle. The ball seems to be resisting the Ankh necklace. Finally, after a great deal of effort, he is able to touch the top of the ball with the Ankh. The ball begins to glow so brightly that the entire space is filled with immense light. The humming is so loud that the prisoners are beginning to lose consciousness. Suddenly, the top of the ball changes form and appears to almost liquefy. As it does so, the Ankh sinks into the center of the ball and disappears. The ball then turns into a bright red color and is now, and is now emitting an unbearable heat. Our suspect leaves a circle and hides behind a metal wall nearby. As the glow and hum get louder and louder, the entire warehouse begins to shake. The walls begin to buckle and parts of the roof begin to crash to the floor. All five of the prisoners lose consciousness. They each begin to glow red as well. Suddenly, the red glow in one of the hostages leaves his body and shoots straight up out of the building, leaving a lifeless body. One by one, the same thing happens to each of the prisoners. Then the sphere begins to change to more of a bluish color. A strong beam of blue light comes through the ceiling of the warehouse and down into the sphere. The sphere begins to vibrate again and hum like before. The glow gets stronger and stronger. Just when it feels as if the sphere is going to explode, five beams of light shoot out from the sphere into the five hostages. Their bodies convulse as if being filled with electricity. After a few seconds, the beams disappear and the sphere drops out of the air onto the table and the Ankh sits next to it, no longer in the sphere. The sphere actually rolls off of the table and onto the floor. Our suspect comes out from behind the wall and begins to remove the bindings of each of the prisoners. Slowly, they each begin to show signs of life. As they open their eyes and look around, they seem to be very confused. One by one, our suspect places his hands on their cheeks and utters some words in an indiscernible language. Whatever he is saying, it brings comfort to the hostages and understanding. They seem to be able to know where they are and why. It's pretty clear that they recognize him and that these are not the original owners of these bodies. Meanwhile, back at Covenant headquarters, Marion and Mason are on a conference call with the president trying to figure out their next move. Johnny and Colby are in the living room. They've cleared out all of the furniture, and Colby, who is in the 10-year-old body, is trying to show Johnny some self-defense moves. It's slow going because Colby is in the body of the 10-year-old girl, making it hard for him to body up with Johnny. 
After a while, Johnny gets frustrated because he isn't catching on. He sits down on one of the couches they've moved up against the wall, pulls out a cigarette, lights it up, and begins to smoke it. Oh, oh, can you spot me one? Colby asks. I've been craving one ever since I got into this body. Without a second thought, Johnny says, sure, and hands a cigarette to Colby. Colby sits back and breathes it in as deeply as he can, enjoying it. The two lean back without saying a word, just smoking and relaxing. When Marion walks into the room, what in the world? Johnny, what are you doing? She walks over and plucks the cigarette out of Colby's mouth. What are you doing? Give that back, Colby demands. You're a 10-year-old girl. What makes you think you can smoke? And then she looks at Johnny. And you, what are you thinking giving a child cigarettes? Johnny is confused and frustrated. What are you talking about? She's, he's a grown man. Realizing that he is right. Marion, still frustrated, says, yeah, yes, yes, okay. But that's still the body of a 10-year-old. You can't just do anything you want with it. Colby stands up and very forcefully says, in case you didn't notice, this is my body now. A few days ago, you were going to bury it in the earth, and now you're worried about some cigarette smoke? Marion has no idea how to respond. Finally, she tells them that there's no smoking allowed in her house. Johnny and Colby get up and start to leave the room. Colby whispers to Johnny, You know what I could really use? Is a cold beer. Marion yells out, Oh, for the love! Next time on Host of Eden Season 2, our suspect strikes again. And the sphere expert finally makes an appearance. Well, I'm going to the beach where I belong. It's Coca-Cola Nights at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. And Wednesday and Thursday nights after 5. Bring a Coca-Cola can and get... Unlimited rides for just $14.95. Well, the Wednesday and Thursday nights after 5. Unlimited rides for just $14.95. At the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. In the warm California sun.